Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can also send a message through the KPL app chat. Uh, I want to start today. I, there is there is news. Um, obviously, you heard uh, Dan Bongino talk about it a little while ago. A, a second, well, now I guess it, technically a third, we know we know that one balloon was shot down over Hawaii, or that one bo- balloon went down over Hawaii, and that was a while back. You had last week's balloon that made it across the entire country and then was shot off the coast of South Carolina. Uh, and now you have this, and they're not identifying this object, but an object has been shot down just off the coast of Alaska. It entered U.S. airspace, and uh, it was shot down immediately. The White House, we, we don't have a whole lot of details right now. I'll, I'll keep in touch with that story just to see if anything new develops during the course of this program. Um, that's the big national news right now. There's some other things going on, but I, I want to do less on like the news of the day and more just a, a general social topic. Um, so I, you know, when you... When you have a Google account, you can actually set up Google Alerts. And you just put in a couple of keywords. And you will get, you can set it to send you as soon as it comes up, once a day, a couple times a day, whatever. You can you can set up Google to send you news alerts, basically send you a sum, uh, links to all the news that relates to that particular subject. Uh, in following and, and writing news stories, about certain subjects, one of the Google alerts I have is on uh, fentanyl in Louisiana. So I just set up the keywords, Louisiana fentanyl, uh, set it to send me an email basically as it happens and as it happens, update. And the one I got this morning was chock full of headlines. Uh Department of Children and Family Services contacted after finding child during drug bust. Two people arrested. 150 lethal doses of fentanyl found. Authorities sound alarm about deadly mix of horse sedative trank and and street drugs. New drug trank on the rise in Louisiana. Two arrested after deputies find baby sleeping next to fentanyl. Uh, Scalise invites Jefferson Parish coroner to State of the Union address, uh, to highlight fentanyl deaths, Lockport man on parole found with meth and fentanyl in Lafouche Parish, Uh, no weapons found on man killed in police shooting in Louisiana. I'm not sure what fentanyl has to do with that, but uh, Biden's speech comes with opioid epidemic having become deadly public health crisis, just on and on. Um. A few weeks back, I mentioned a story, I think it was part of a series the Washington Post is working on, about the fentanyl crisis and how the failure of America to really address the issue is a multi-presidential issue. It is something that we first kind of started seeing or now looking back, hindsight being what it is, uh, the first failures kind of started, I think, really in, in the era of George W. Bush, but in particular, Barack Obama's administration failed to see fentanyl as a rising crisis. Instead, uh, it was stuck on uh, 
it was kind of grouped in with the opioid epidemics. Nobody's really focusing on fentanyl uh, alone. They were just focusing on opioids and everything. And of course, that became a problem. Um, during the Trump years, the Trump administration focused on China as a source of fentanyl and ignored the growing fentanyl trade coming from south of the border. And then, of course, in Joe Biden's era, they, it's taken a long time to address the fentanyl crisis. And the porous open border has just made it very easy for the uh, for the cartels to bring in both the fentanyl and the materials to make it. And the cartels are able on both sides of the border to set up drug labs to create it. Uh, in the story I mentioned out of Baton Rouge, I actually wrote about this earlier today at uh, KPL965.com, uh, but the the drug bust that involved uh, when law enforcement raided the apartment of this drug dealer, they found the the dealer and his partner's four-month-old baby asleep near where the fentanyl was being cut. The drug crisis in America. Oh, I, I forgot another one, one that Brandon uh, just wrote a little while ago on KPL 965, and that is uh, the feds. The feds have made a major drug bust uh, just uh, on this side of the Louisiana-Texas border. Uh, and it was a bust that this one wasn't fentanyl. But it was uh, heroin, ecstasy, cocaine, and meth. Um, you also have in another uh, in another uh, sentencing, uh, a Crowley man has been sentenced uh, has been sentenced uh, for trying to deal heroin or attempting to deal heroin. Starting in 2019, when COVID-19 started, and then, of course, in uh, in 2020, we had the lockdowns here because it was becoming a global pandemic. We've seen a lot of isolation in the United States because of COVID, and we are only really now coming out of it in, in any sort of meaningful way. But even before COVID-19, we as a society have been moving toward isolation, not like, you know, nationalism, isolation, like as a political policy, as a foreign policy, but isolation of the self. We have been isolating ourselves from each other. We have seen as a result of this for years now, we've seen a rise of mental disorders we have seen a rise of of people who have uh, anxiety, depression, multiple personality disorder, uh, schizophrenia, all sorts of mental disorders that coincide with the rise of social isolation. We're also seeing a rise in major drug problems. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that as we are isolating ourselves, we as a society, we have turned to drugs to help us cope with that isolation. Biologically speaking, human beings, mankind, 
is is psychologically, instinctively meant to be a social creature. When we are born, we are born into a community, the smallest social unit that you can be a part of, a family. And I'm, I'm kind of going into sociology here. It was one of my majors in college. It's, it's a study I've loved, even though it has a, a very uh, – a very liberal lean academically, there's still aspects of sociology that are important to us as we study what is happening to the society and culture around us. So when we're born, sociologically speaking, the very first community we're a part of is the smallest social unit that you can be part of, and that is the family. You are born to your parents. You are born to a mother, a mother and a father, a mother, father, and siblings, whatever the social that, that, that family unit is. That's your first community. And then you're introduced to your next community, which is your neighborhood, your church, whatever. Then as we grow and develop, we, we become parts of, of more communities and sometimes bigger communities like our school community, like our community community, our city, our town, wherever we live. And our communities shift. We go from one school to another. We go from school to a university or a college. We move to another city. We move to another neighborhood, whatever it is. We change our communities, but the thing is, we are part, we are naturally are a community-oriented creature, and we have opted as a society to isolate ourselves, and we do so thinking, well, technically, we're still communicating with the outside world. We're still communicating with others. We have our screens, but those screens, our phones, our computers, our tablets, uh, kids who play video games online with each other. That doesn't make up for the human contact that we so desperately need and crave. One of the things that I've been saying over and over, especially about our kids, that COVID was so damaging because we isolated ourselves. We isolated our children and our children need that social engagement. They need it for their social and emotional and intellectual health. They need to be around their peers. They need to be around adults. They need to learn social cues and learn how to interact in social situations. And what we did to students during COVID is just kind of a microcosm of what we've done as a society. As a society, we have isolated ourselves. And because we are inherently social creatures, we have turned to things to help cope with the loneliness that we're not quite identifying within ourselves. We don't understand why we're getting more anxious or more depressed. So we are turning to things to help us cope with that. And one of the things we're turning to, it seems, this is my theory, it seems is drug use. We chase a high to help us not feel so so broken, so alone. We don't understand it's the loneliness. Maybe not truly understand it as we should, but we've started to feel this way. We've, and we, we're chasing a high that helps alleviate that pain that we feel. And so we're seeing throughout our society, we're seeing an increase in violence, angry rhetoric, and drug use. And I think it's all tied to the fact that we have become disengaged from one another. We are now turning to things that give us more and more powerful highs. That's why fentanyl is so widespread. It's cheap for the deal, for the uh, drug makers to make. It's cheap for the dealers to get in large quantities. 
and they can sell it and just a tiny bit gets you hooked for life. And so more and more people are getting addicted to that because that high, although dangerous because fentanyl is a dangerous drug, that high is helping them cope. There is a societal degradation that we are bringing on ourselves because we are choosing to isolate ourselves. We are choosing to isolate ourselves from each other, and we are trying to fill the social void that we have with something else, and it's not working. I want to talk more about this today. I also want your input. 232-1542. We're going to take this break. We'll be back with that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL, 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can also reach out through the KPL app chat. So, again, rather than kind of jump into the news of the day and everything, I, this is a topic that I think we I, we really need to have more as a society, I, I, I think that there's so much going on socially, emotionally, mentally, and then this rise in drug use and, and these drug crimes and, and the violence and everything else. I, I just have to assume that it's all related, and I've given you my theory why. I think that we are, are socially isolating ourselves and – We're trying to fill that void that we're leaving behind when we isolate ourselves with other things, chasing a different high of sorts. And I want to hear y'all's thoughts, your opinions on it. So 232-1542 or reach out through the KPL app. In fact, let's jump to the phone lines now. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the phone? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Caller, hi. You there? Caller, are you there? Hmm. Having trouble there. I wonder. Hope I'm not doing something wrong there. All right. Uh, in the meantime, let's try this next caller. Hi. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Hey. Hey, is this Warren? Yeah. Hey, man, I want to tell you something. Yeah. You know, all this fentanyl coming in, and then I heard your show yesterday about what they're doing to these children and stuff going on at the hospital and all that with them. Um, they have a miracle drug that I take. And, uh, you know, the sailors used to get scurvy, and they would give them limes. They call them limeys, and the limes stopped them from getting scurvy. Mm-hmm. Well, this drug I'm on is the same thing. It's from it's from peelings from fruit, and it's a miracle drug. It stops you from deforming, and they call it erosion, but it's a slow rot. Mm-hmm. And it actually healed me from my deformities and my joints and bones went back to normal that grew big and and it's amazing drug and they use it for cancer and they use it for lupus but now they've labeled it a controlled substance and i can't get it anywhere it only costs a couple of dollars a month the chinese government produces it by the metric ton for their military and their people and we gave it to our soldiers for malaria and everywhere they use it in the african countries they have no COVID deaths and very little COVID. But the government wants to take this drug away from me while they let all this fentanyl into the border. And and this, this drug is made out of fruit peels, and they're trying to keep people from getting it because the dirty little secret is there's no reason for a vaccination 
There's no reason for them to charge thousands of dollars for injections. All right, Warren, I'm sorry. I got to cut you off because we're on a hard break, but thank you very much for the call. And I I do want to talk about stuff like that when we get back, too. We'll be back in just a moment right here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. So if you're just joining us, um, I, I, I mentioned the the rising number of drug stories, particularly fentanyl, but a lot more than just that. Um, we've got a few up on our site, kpl965.com, that you can go and check out. Uh, but this rise in drug stories, I think, really coincides with the rise of uh, mental and emotional disorders that we're seeing uh, across the board, not just in kids, not just in adults, but across the board, no matter the demographic, we're seeing more and more of them. And I think it also coincides with the rise of social isolation. We have, as a society, begun isolating ourselves more and more. Th- think about it. Now, in South Louisiana, it's a little bit different. We are a little more community-based than other places around the country, but Consider growing up, how often did your parents get together with friends? Did they have people over the house? Did y'all go over to other people's houses? Was there a neighborhood get together or friends and family get together several times um, uh, a year, if not, you know, uh, once or twice a month or more frequent than that even? Um, And how often does that happen now with you and your family? Part of this social isolation, part of it that's it's so striking, and a, a buddy of mine who's a nationally syndicated host was mentioning this on his show, in that you see a lot of it in men in particular. Men who, uh, they get married, they have kids, and their social circles shrink quite considerably uh, to the point where they, they don't spend a whole lot of time outside of that that family unit and it's not just men but you see it most starkly in men for for whatever biological or 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 social reason or whatever you see it most starkly in men and and there are men who tend to become isolated from the world outside of their homes and it becomes tougher and tougher for people to escape that kind of isolation. They withdraw further and further into their homes and even further and further into themselves where they're spending all their time with their family, but they become withdrawn even from their family. And you see some of those similar anxieties, like I said, amongst children. We saw a lot of it during the COVID lockdowns. And the problem is getting worse. You know, I've, got, uh, I've got some very good friends who I used to work with back when I was in the education system and still, uh, still talk to them very frequently, but I don't get to see them near as often as I did when I was working at school with them. And, and, and I truly do miss them. And I know that sometimes they're listening, so I truly do miss y'all, but we used to gather somewhat frequently to, to just hang out. And I, I, desperately want to do that again because you know just to be able to get out and and do that and 
and have those moments when you're not talking about work, you're not focusing on like talking about grades and kids and the parents and the principals and all that. You just get to talk about whatever or not talk at all. Like you just sit there in each other's presence and you're just enjoying that moment. And a lot of us in society, we just don't do that anymore. We don't do it very much. And we need to start doing it. That's why I've always kind of maintained the theory that the we need to return to face-to-face conversations. We need to return to, as my friend and radio said, breaking bread with one another. It, it's a very symbolic coming together of you and, and your friends and, and your social circles where you can spend that time with social interaction and it fills that void that kind of builds up when you isolate yourself too much. And one of the, I think, one of the issues that I think kind of also reflects in all this, you know, we had somebody called in during the break and and they uh, said they, you know, didn't want to stick around and stay on the air, but, but mentioned someplace I was going to go with this anyway. A lot of this also coincides with the fact that we, societally speaking, aren't attending some sort of religious service much anymore. And the rise of of secularism, or at the very least the rise of agnosticism and that lack of commitment to, you know, weekly attending of some religious service, whether you're a Christian, you know, Protestant, Catholic, whatever, uh, whatever your religion may be, the fact that we are not, we're not filling our hearts with that spiritualism and, and being in that church community is also leading to it. Uh, back when ISIS was on the rise, I know that sounds like a jarring uh, jarring transition, but but follow me on this. There were a number of stories that came out about Americans that were traveling overseas to go join ISIS. And one of the one of the ideas surrounding that, one of the things that people kept saying, and even admissions from some of these people, is that ISIS was offering them something more than just themselves. It was a level of devotion and commitment to their religion and to their ideology that they just did not see in their own lives, and, and something about that pulled them to ISIS. I'm not saying that if we stop going to church, we we will eventually join ISIS or anything like that, but I think it's notable that we had... A lot. We had a good bit of anecdotal evidence. Several Americans who traveled overseas to join ISIS because they felt it would give them something they weren't getting in their lives. And I think that's that's part of it. You, you can't just you can't just replace that need for community, especially spiritual community, with environmentalism. Okay, by doing that, you are you are getting the reward on Earth. You're not aiming for something far greater than this. Um, you can't just devote yourself to the self. This focus on us, an almost hedonistic kind of take on human spirituality where we need to serve ourselves or we need to serve the environment, serve Mother Earth, that that isn't providing the same sort of thing. And this this lack of of a spiritual 
um, this 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 lack of a a spiritual fulfillment of having something to work forward to that is beyond this earthly existence, that's beyond this plane, whatever religion it is, we tend to find ourselves in more dire straits emotionally, socially, physically, when we don't have that. We don't have something we're trying to achieve. And I'm, you know, I've said it before, and, and I get off into these subjects, and I have to, you know, keep in mind, I am a... Uh, I'm a Catholic. I attend services fairly regularly. Uh, I read at my church uh, about once a month or so, once every two months, basically. Um, I'm part of that church community, not not as much as as you know, longtime members would be. But I, you know, I, I have I, the the ministry of reading. I, I I do take part in that, and I my my oldest child is an altar server, and. We take part in that because we understand that having that is important, not just for us, but for my daughters, something for them, that that kind of tradition, that kind of faith structure to be part of. But I'm not an evangelical by any means, and I'm not the best advocate for it either, uh, because I'm somebody who stopped going to church for years and years. I went to Catholic school and just decided that was enough of that for a while, and I would go to the Easter and Christmas services you know, during college, but that was about it. But as my kids got older, we decided we needed to do it as, as part of that spiritual reinforcement for them. Um, but it's not just the it's not just the spiritual side of it too. Going back to what I was saying earlier, there's just this this need for community. Um, there's we we need to interact with one another in positive ways, not just people who agree with us. I mean, people from all walks of life, different races, different ideologies, different belief structures, different political ideas. We, we need positive interactions with each other. We need to have these conversations. We need to just be in each other's presence and be more human toward each other. I've mentioned before my idea, my, my belief that we don't live in bubbles like everybody says. We don't have political bubbles or ideological bubbles. We have lead-lined bunkers. We cannot see through to the other side. We don't acknowledge or see that something is outside of that. A bubble is clear. You can see another side. You just can't hear them. But in these lead-lined social bunkers that we build for ourselves, we don't see anybody outside of that, outside of that ideological container that we put ourselves in. And we need to. We need to interact with others who think differently and believe differently and, and are different than us. We need, to, we need to have those interactions. You know, one of the reasons that I enjoy and I, I encourage y'all to keep, you know, calling in is I want to interact with y'all. I want to interact with y'all through the phone, through the app. I realize it's not the face-to-face thing I'm talking about, but it is a chance for us to exchange ideas, a chance for us to exchange uh, this conversation. I would love to, at some point, be able to say, you know what, uh, either during a show for like a live bit or, or one evening after a show to just say, hey, we're, let's get a sponsor for the show. Need a sponsor to be able to do it, but get a sponsor for the show. Just go to like a, a, a restaurant or something like that and sit down and just have a gathering where we, those of you listening, we just meet up and we talk, whether it's about stuff on the air, or just stuff unrelated to it. We just have this conversation and, and this community, you and me on this program, we get to know each other better. Because I, I know that some of y'all have called in and you've disagreed with me on some of my takes, but some of y'all call in. And some, I, know, I know a lot of you are listening because if I say I've got a $25 gift card to something to give away, if you're the fifth caller, call in and you'll get it during the break, the phone lines light up. 
but we don't have those conversations. I realize it's a, it's a short show. There's a lot of things to fill in. So sometimes you guys just like to sit there and listen. Plus, after school traffic, a lot of y'all still in work, everything like that. It's not always ideal to call in, but I do like hearing from y'all. Either through the phone or through the app, because those conversations are meaningful to me. You guys, by calling in and taking part in the conversation, you make me as a radio host better. That's what social interactions do. No matter your belief, no matter your ideology, there have been progressives that have called in. There have been, uh, I've had progressives come and sit in as a guest on the show. We need more of those conversations. We need more of those interactions. They make us as people better and they fulfill these kind of social urgings that we have that keep us from turning to things that would otherwise we would try to fill that that void with 232-1542 uh before we take this break we got a call on the line let's jump to that caller hi welcome to the joe cunningham show who's on the line caller are you there caller that's very strange. I have no idea what's going on. Call, call back. We'll try to get you back on. Uh, in the meantime, let's go ahead and take this break. We've got a few minutes left when we get back. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. One break, then we're back right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation and let's jump right to the phone lines. Let's see if I figured out why my phones aren't working. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's calling? Joe. Hey, Joe, how are you? Hey, what you're describing um, is 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 a wonderful thing because I'm part of something like that. They're called small groups, right? Mm-hmm. And every other week we get together at someone's house. We take turns cooking. Yeah. Um, we... Uh, before the meal, there's a lot of conversation. Everybody discusses the deal with kind of with their week and how things going. And it's religious based. Yeah, we do a religious study, um, but anybody is invited. Mm-hmm. And what stay with what's said in that group, it stays in that group. And and those, I mean, if we had more of those types of groups, we could put psychiatrists out of business. Mm-hmm. We could put lawyers out of business in divorce court. We could put so many things into if we put our time into one another i've seen just you know just amazing things come out of that and that we look is we look forward to those because they become like family and they become friends and there's someone you can call and that interaction is uh is just an amazing an amazing thing yeah absolutely i i agree wholeheartedly and i'm glad to hear that you're you're part of one of those groups I Like I said, I used to fairly regularly hang out with some friends. I haven't been able to since I switched jobs and everything, but I still communicate with them. I, they're still my friend group. I just need to make it. And, and part of it is it's just kind of dedicating yourself to doing that. I think that's one of the most difficult things is we, we look at our schedules and think, oh, man, I've got this. I've got this. You know, we, we work so much during the week. I feel too busy or too tired to do anything on the weekend, anything like that. But but it, it requires a little faith and dedication for us to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, to go out and I'm going to interact with these folks. I'm going to, to meet with these guys and we're just going to hang out for a bit. And that really does kind of fulfill this need that we all have. Right. And correct. And you, 
And the, the more you go and the more you start to get things from it, mm-hmm. then you're, you're drawn toward it. And you, you're basically changing your habits. And you go from, well, I'm going to sit in front of the TV instead of that. Let's, let's go and interact. With, and social skills are a learned skill. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, is, you have to develop. Not everybody has it. Um, and this being around different groups of people, you develop all those skills. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a skill that's lost in the workforce even where you, you just can't find someone to communicate and to, and to speak. Everything is through text or through email and uh, through some type of chat where the, the skill of communication is lost. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I've, especially after spending almost 10 years in a classroom and just in general kind of watching how society has changed, you don't get through a screen, whether it's a phone, tablet, computer, whatever, you don't get through that what you get with that face-to-face interaction. You don't learn those social cues. And you just you kind of lose how to communicate with other people when, you, when you're just addicted to those screens, which is what it is for most of society. Yeah, it's, it's um, and you know, sometimes when you're communicating with somebody through those messages, you don't always have a clear understanding of, of context. Yeah. And, 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 and you hear it in someone's voice on what they really mean. So you might misinterpret something. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for the call. Thank I appreciate you. it. You guys have a great day. Um, and again, in the future, love to talk to y'all, whether it's on the air, off the air, you send a message through the chat, whatever. Desi, thank you very much for sending a message. Uh, appreciate you listening. Appreciate you reaching out. And yeah, I do want us to communicate with one another. Us as a society, communicating more. That's what we need to overcome so many of these problems that I think we're seeing throughout society. All right. Have a fantastic weekend. Hope you guys have a great one. I'm going to try to enjoy the Super Bowl. I'll be back here on Monday to talk more. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. Talk to you guys again soon. Shannon is offsides next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.